Hello and welcome to the Forward Onto Dawn podcast. I'm David and I'm joined by my usual co-host Danny. Hidley Hodley. And uh, this is episode 30. We're recording on July 29th. Uh, and this is the, uh, I guess, post-outpost discovery show. Uh, <laughs> Danny, sadly, trapped in the land they call Europe was not able to make it to outpost discovery and is not going to be an outpost discovery, but luckily I being more terrestrial <laughs> in the land of America was able to go to Philly, outpost Philly. If you break it over here I'll go. That's fair, isn't it? I'm gonna say one hundred percent or I shouldn't say a hundred percent. Ninety five percent confident they're gonna do it next year. Whether or not well, they I say, expand well, it. I say bring it over here, I mean, like, here, here, not like fucking Madrid or some shit, you know? Here, here. <laughs> How close is here for you, Danny? The closest it'll probably ever get is it'll probably go to London. You know, that, that sort of thing makes sense for London. And that's not close, but it would suffice. How, how far away is London from you? I think it doesn't have to fly over over the over the, the pest, the water, like it's over another island. <laughs> there's two islands here. There's Ireland and then there's Great Britain. It's over there on uh, on Great Britain, so it is. I think fuck it, it doesn't have to fly over over the Well the, it turns the out pest, Irish water, people who like it's over another can't island. Go to outpost discovery was actually a theme. There's two islands here. There's Ireland uh, and then there's Great Britain. It's over there with, on uh, uh, on Great Britain, the so it is. Podcast of all folks. Who have huh. two Brit, two? Yeah, I think they're both Irish co-hosts who. Really? Yeah. I've they were they were surprised that to hear about you. I was listening to their podcast. I'm like, wait, they got a they got an Irish person too. Yeah. Oh, my name hasn't gone down in the community these days. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm barely a footnote in someone. Oh yeah, that's an Irish guy. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I should have asked Frankie, actually. I don't know. Say Danny says hello and punch him in the gut and run away. <laughs> I played like four or five games of Halo with Frankie, and that's about all I've done with Frankie. But the what's really pissed me off about Frankie, right? That fucker has popped up my LinkedIn every fucking week for about six, seven years. That's a suggestion. I don't know contact. why. Yeah, that's a suggestion. I'm like, no, no. Pops up again. Pops up again. Like You got contacts in common that's what linkedin does <laughs> expand your network i'm uh yeah i'm not gonna add someone to my linkedin because i played four or five games of halo with them like seven years ago i don't think that qualifies as a as a as a professional relationship i think you're you're overthinking how much linkedin really wants you to think about their professional relationship oh it wants me to think all the time so it does like i'm always worried about what linkedin thinks about me you saw this one person once across the room (laughs) connect hey i hey you know know it's really awesome right i've I've never been to any of those halo related activities that you've uh had the chance to now to go to but uh i have a napkin from halo fest this is true. You've shown yeah. me the napkin from Halo Fest. Yeah, I have a, I have a. Um, I did not go to Halo Fest, but I got a uh, a grunt plushie because oh, Claude yeah. scooped up a bunch, so I I grabbed one from the. I got. Raffle. I have. I think my one's lying somewhere. I think uh, Ben was really nice. He got he got me a nice wee care package when he was there as well. So 
very thankful of a signed napkin. <laughs> well, now I feel bad that I didn't get you anything. <laughs> oh, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't wait in line for anything to be signed. Uh, that's okay. I actually, I was, I was really sarcastic, and I asked, um, I asked, uh, I asked him when he was going, like, "Oh, pick me up anything, just anything, even a napkin." I can regret saying that. <laughs> Should have asked for something better. I, I just know he was cackling to himself, and he got, "Well, <laughs> I'm here, and there's napkins, so." Oh, it's branded. It works. Yeah. So, um. Tell me about this this thing then. What happened? What did you do? What was it about? So, did you pay attention to any of the the stuff people were saying about uh, Orlando? Let's just say I was not. So, the for people who are listening and not aware, so Outpost Discovery coming to five locations. Uh, first one was uh, Orlando, and then there's. Uh, a weekend skip between all these places for two weeks. Uh, and apparently Orlando was kind of a mess in pretty much every way, shape, and form. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by, by mess? Like, well, how Just that mess? Uh, certain things weren't working, lines were super long, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so Philadelphia was take two, uh, and it definitely, uh, speaking with uh, Dust from Potacular, who um, is going to every single outpost discovery. Um, that man's a fucking trooper. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, as we'll get into, he's also basically like running half the outpost, essentially, on really? his, his broad shoulders. Um, Fair play. That felt like he's army working shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the good news was that the Philly outpost seemed a lot better run. The lines were not crazy. I think the longest, which we'll get into, uh, was for one of the attractions was like 90 minutes to two hours, but most were under 90 minutes, which I think is about right. as good as you can expect. Right, so, 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 right, before we get into what you were doing there, right, what was the, what was the highlights? Like, why, why, why should I have cared that I wasn't there? I mean, part of it, like with all these things, is just meeting, meeting the fellow people, putting faces yeah. to screen names. Yeah, that's really important, actually. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. And so, um, but what well, kind of officially supported was there? Like, was there guest stars? Was there like? Yeah. See, so that's where I feel kind of bummed out. So, uh, basically, Unishek and Bravo uh, were running the content stage. So. They have all the attractions, and they had the content stage and the quote-unquote armory stage, which was basically the community stage where all these panels that Dust came up with resided. And then there was... Frankie was there, Kiki was there, um, oh, Sketch really? was there. Oh, really? That level of people were there? That's awesome. Well, I feel bummed, though, because I don't know if it's, again, like learning from the previous... Uh, outposts or whatever but a grim was not there so coward would not show his face to me um <laughs> he skipped <laughs> philly and then uh for chicago they got a bunch of people kenneth peters is going to be there uh uh greg bear they, they they seem to have 
boosted the guest list considerably. Oh, so basically you're you're saying that uh, you're saying that Frankie and and it wasn't wasn't good enough. You want more? Is that what you're saying? I mean, they were great, but just into, it seems like the <laughs> guest list overall is much larger for Chicago. Yeah, um, but they also at Philly, and I I assume they're going to be at most of them because they're probably the biggest draw. Um, Steve Downs and Jen Taylor. They weren't there, or no, were they there? were. So I, well, they I, were there. I don't oh, actually nice. did not check and see if they're going to be out the other ones, but I assume they would be. Oh, did you meet Master Chief? Did, did you meet Master Chief? Oh, oh, did he remember that we did a thing with him at one point? No, I did not. I did not like go up and say, "Hey, remember that one time you did that interview with?" Because hey, I was not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that man has done so many interviews. So he many probably interviews. has. Yeah, he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember you being polite." No, I don't. And you that know, was sort of thing. that was yeah. another thing that uh, like there were so there was logistical issues with Orlando. Like apparently. A bunch of people went in line because you have times you could go get autographs with people. Yeah. And then they ended up having to do a lottery system because there was unsurprisingly a crazy line. So this time they specifically said only the first like 80 people or whatever in line were guaranteed. Um, stuff like that. Just logistical things that they smoothed out a lot more. Yeah, because you never tell whenever you're you're doing those things. Okay, well, these eighty people will they take an hour or will they take an hour and twenty minutes? Yeah, and I think they were they were jiggering it even during the show. Like, um, one of the attractions was supposed to be a twenty versus twenty uh, multiplayer thing. They cut that down to ten versus ten, just because it was kind of a mess with that many people in there was that the was that like the laser tag thing the yeah well so i should right. should go over um just leave your mic on danny god i, I have a fan here and i need to make sure the fan's not actually blowing into the microphone for both our sanities well i turned off my ac because i'm a trooper like that <laughs> i'm a ginger white pasty dude in summer i need all the help i can I, get how hot is it there how hot Right, I'll tell you how fucking hot it is. All right, according to my phone, it is the bur- 15, 15 degrees Celsius, so it is. Which is, admittingly, lower than it was yesterday. It was like 19. Yesterday it was 15. Right, right. Let's ask, ask Siri. 15. What is 15 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, 60 degrees. It is 90 degrees here. Or, wait. What is 90 degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius? The answer is 32.2 degrees Celsius. Yeah, so. Wow. By the way, the hottest temperature in the UK is like 37, something that was recorded yeah, yesterday. global warming. So, it's a hell of a thing. That's, that's in- <laughs> insane that you're used to 30. I would be a puddle. Yeah. A blistered puddle. And we, so we, we survived been... the first two years up here without AC. I don't know how in retrospect, but... Anyhow, uh, so aside from the the whole experience is basically uh, broken up into, I guess, attractions. Um, so it, you walk in, it opens with the Hall of History. I should say to begin with that this entire thing, because it's 343, is set up with an in-universe conceit that this is basically like a traveling show. For the UNSC, like, hey, learn about the UNSC and human history and the Covenant War, and hey, why don't you join up? 
because we always need more people. Get into it. And, yeah, cosplaying. Get yeah, and yeah. it's even funnier because the U.S. Army and Air Force had kiosks inside the event too. So there was a, there was a, there were many layers going on uh, in that respect. To be fair, of all the things that they would support, Halo's kind of a no-brainer for them. So yeah, although I mean, what the people going to Halo conventions are not the people. I think are really high prospects for joining the armed forces, but maybe that's just me. That's a that's a very uh, interesting assumption to make there. But uh, continue. <laughs> well, I should say, just as I was pleasantly surprised by how diverse the the people there were. Like lots of ages, way more women than I expected. Not all just pasty white folks. Um, I'm really happy to see the demographic shift a wee bit because, to be honest, the the people who play the games out there are a diverse bunch. So, and I think that's that's definitely partly why they're doing this is it's designed to hey there were a lot of people bringing their kids, um, <laughs> so it's definitely about kind of bringing that new generation Halo fans trying to create new Halo fans. Get addicted to those. Uh... Halo blocks or whatever when they're young, you know what I mean? Replace the mega Lego and eyes, yeah. you know what I mean? Get them going. Well, they had they had a, a Mega Bloks section, uh, which I did not partake in because Mega Bloks are just poor man's Legos and I'll never get over that. But if you wanted... Me, me neither, sadly. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted, and I've, I've long since passed the time, I have, my brother has them, but I have more Legos than I will ever do anything with. And they're indestructible, so you will pass them down and never need to buy more. <laughs> Can I just take one wee moment to reminisce about the the uh, Mega Bloks Halo game that uh, we got a, a painful Rest glimpse at? Uh, rip. I mean, it might have been terrible, but it did look visually it looked great. It reminded me of the Lego Star Wars games, and that was enough. So, um... <laughs> well, I think that's what everyone was like. Ooh, I want a Lego Star Wars except Halo game. We both buy it. Come on, we're honest here. We both buy it. Yeah. Well. We have to, pretty much. It's like contractual. So anyway, yeah. So the conceit is that this is like a, a traveling show uh, for the people. Um, and so it opens with the Hall of History, which is a recap of the Human Covenant War, basically, and the insurrection. And they've got a bunch of quote-unquote artifacts there. They've got Noble Six's helmet. They've got a giant full-scale version of an elite and Master Chief. See, that's why you go to those things. You go there to see that. That sounds awesome to see. Like, I would go somewhere to see that. They were impressive. There was a Warthog, too. Um, they have on the back of one of the panels, they had uh, all the Covenant species lined up so you can see how large they are. Um, and then with all these things they've got uh they had the halo outpost discovery app so basically you go through all these because everything's got to be augmented reality now it's got a scanner ability so you can scan like these little tags they have on all the exhibits and they'll pop up little augmented reality views so like if you're looking at a thing about the covenant war you pop the tag and it shows you a turnaround of a covenant cruiser I really can hope someone's documented all that in case they put sprinkle lure nuggets that will disappear. Yeah, I mean, the, I would say overall, unless, I mean, it's entirely possible I missed something. Unless someone really looks into it, most of it's just, oh, nice stuff. Like, uh, 
the assault rifle prop, they have a detail about how it was used by an ODST in the defensive tribute. Sort of little details like that. Nothing, nothing earth shattering. Nothing worth, yeah. But yeah. details sprinkled throughout. And there's, despite being like, obviously it's a traveling theme park, basically, they did a nice a little bit of, there's a lot of nice little fit and finish details throughout that were pretty good. Um, all the, the event staff are dressed like uh, UNSC scientists, and they respond in character, um, which is a nice touch. There's little things like uh, the AI Gabriella, who's sort of the the AI running the outposts on the back of her her crate. Basically, they had like care instructions, like sort of like uh, cleaning logs and bathrooms. They had like tag for <laughs> here's the last time she was serviced, et cetera, et cetera. And chain of custody stuff. So there are little touches like that were really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, small wee details like that. Yeah, is and nice. then that sort of leads into the ring experience, which is three rooms, four rooms altogether. Um, and they, they bring you in and they put on little headsets that you just keep on hitting to change the channel as it. Uh, and so they have Gabriella narrating as you walk through these different areas. And so the first part is like this little chunk of a ring. Um, I think it's Delta Halo. And so this, along with the, uh, the Hall of History, Hall of History is Human Covenant War, the ring experience is explaining about the Forerunners. And I think the interesting thing about that is there's always been that question of exactly what regular people in the Halo universe know gonna say if this is supposed to be a walk-in thing for the public over there in reality like it's like hmm. yeah so we know this is supposed to take place sometime between halo 3 and halo 4 um they're cagey about it uh probably because why give a firm date that you might have to change later if you don't have to but so this the first room explains hey here's the forerunners and these were giant massive weapons um so forerunners what the Halos do is out there in the open. Uh, the second room was a uh, aggressor sentinel, and that actually, all the like I'd seen Master Chief, like you know how big he is, you know how big the elites are, uh, you know how big the grunts are. The sentinels are huge. That was the one thing that did impress me with life size, how big those things are, and that was really cool because I'd never seen any of the props like that. Out now, so that was a nice surprise. Yeah, come to think of it, I I don't have any frame of reference for the size of the sentinel. Yeah, I'll I'll put put some pictures I took, and you can get sort of an idea for the scale in the show notes. Um, but one of the tidbits there is the quote unquote. This is supposed to be a real deactivated specimen that was eighty thousand years old, uh, and they say like between seven and eight million sentinels on the average ring. Which is a lot of sentinels, um, and that's counting everything like aggressors, uh, retrievers, enforcers, et cetera, et cetera. Toilet cleaners, yeah, yeah. Constructors, not toilet cleaners. Use the proper name. <laughs> and then the third room has the icon from Delta Halo, uh, a facsimile of three four three Guilty Spark, who's big, but. That one I knew as much. And then a flood infector uh, infection form 
which is bigger than you expect. It's the Halo 2 anniversary style, so it looks extra gnarly. It's nice when they remember the flow, though. You know, it's nice. Yeah, so they that's the thing. You, though, so civilians apparently know about the flood. They kind of soft pedal. Like, the suggestion is sort of, all right, well, the flood was a problem, and thanks to Master Chief, they're not anymore. Um, I don't think, like, they don't say, oh, by the way, that's the reason uh, half of Africa or whatever got glassed. Um, they don't explain that. You might well explain that, though. It's like, hmm. Well, that's UNSC going to UNSC, not explaining everything. So, yeah, it seems like the true extent of the flood threat is kept under wraps. And in here also, like the, the rest, there are the augmented reality stuff, so you can see it. And all the, basically the scanning stuff for these sections all ties into um, basically like achievements in the application. So if you got, if you found all the hidden uh, Gabriella caches or whatever, basically, and you scanned them, you got a dog tag and you could get up to like, I don't know, like a dozen dog tags for completing all these achievements. What do you get for doing all the achievements? I mean, I don't know what, they had like leaderboards and stuff. I don't know if you, if you completed everything, if you got something special or not. Um, the app was not working for me the first day, which I realized later is because I had <laughs> no, because I had downloaded an old version. One point one was still screwed up. One point two was still screwed up. One point three actually worked, but I wasn't going to run around like you had to go into lines to get all the caches and stuff, and you had to there were achievements based on each uh, attraction you went through and stuff like that. That I wasn't really gonna. I'm a completionist about some stuff, but not finicky web apps for my outpost experience yeah but then the final room of the ring experience is a 360 degree um i don't know cyclorama whatever you're looking up at the ceiling and it's supposed to be a quote-unquote live feed from these honeybee unmanned drones that are currently surveying a halo ring um i they don't say exactly which one's supposed to be it kind of feels like it should be installation 07 just because they have uh some of the like the uh rhino space rhinos from infinite trailer make an appearance as do the blind wolves and some uh i think there was like the space whale that got cut from halo 4 was also in there hmm. um yeah so it's cool you go uh kind of just waltzing through different parts of the ring from the outside to the inside um it definitely feels like do you think they? Uh, do you think they may have used uh, a certain, a certain game to get some footage from? Maybe share some assets ah, across. For that was a good question. Like some of it felt they had a panel talking with the uh, the people. So there's Herschel or Hershend, who's the event company that's actually running Outpost and Discovery, uh, and then there's this third company that basically created. Um, the the ring experience specifically uh and it was lots of impressive numbers for how crazy and time consuming it was um like 24,000 render hours would have taken like 1500 <laughs> years on a home pc to render it all out uh, 100 terabytes just of assets flex without microsoft Microsoft. <laughs> jesus yeah um uh, they had but they have like they go into into inside the ring and it's very much 
ripped from uh, Halo Wars, uh, the part where you're, the Spirit of Fire is traveling through and getting cleaned. Um, it had Halo 3-style uh, Retriever Sentinels, which was interesting, too. Not like the Halo Wars 2-style. Um, and then it ends with the Master Chief, which is technically not actually canonically supposed to be Master Chief, but a Spartan and a Warthog overlooking this Vista, which kind of looks like... Um, it's basically the temple complex from Halo 2, just with more Tron Runner glowy line stuff. So my guess is mostly it was all basically generated themselves based on like sketches and stuff versus based on existing stuff. Yeah, models, um, is my guess. Well, if they did that independently, then that's I yeah. Think I mean, awesome. it's it's definitely cool. And so those, the Hall of History and Ring Experience are sort of like the intro to Halo. If you go through that, you can pretty much get, they go through the entire basic story of the games. When you're in the 360 section, they have like cutscenes from Halo Wars coming up when they're explaining stuff. Um, it's pretty nicely done. They, <laughs> they had, for people who are do not handle those, they give you guardrails while you're watching this so i guess some people don't get turned around and they they made sure like if you need to leave for any reason doors right here right here do not vomit in here basically right out there um but it was very cool so then the other other attractions they had is they've got a target range which is basically a target range like i don't know chuck e cheese or whatever uh with boomco guns they have pelican training, which is they stick you and a bunch of people into a shipping container that's dressed sort of like a pelican, and you have to stop it from crashing, like hitting knobs. And it's kind of like a bop it. <laughs> that's a multi person bop it, is kind okay. of what I felt like it was. Um, Not what I would think is pelican training, <laughs> but okay. Multi person bop it. That's, that's my bad description. There's the, uh, the Covenant Escape which is an escape room thing. Uh, the lore there is that it's uh, a chunk of a Covenant, um, uh, not a cruiser. Uh, what's the smaller one? No, I'm blanking. I, I've never, I don't like the idea of an escape room. Yeah, I, I did not actually go on it just because the lines were generally long and that was apparently supposed to be like is some people said it was really easy or they had problems with it like they they went through it so fast that they basically broke the game because the ai glitched out <laughs> you weren't supposed to do it that fast <laughs> um but yeah that's it's basically a chunk of a foreigner or a covenant ship that they're doing exercises and basically give you a feel of what boarding actions like um then there's the uh training grounds which was basically like halo multiplayer in vr i think it was 3v3 um and that definitely had the longest line but the advantage of being in the long line was you got to watch how absolutely hilariously dumb everyone looks like when they're playing it because it's really only i mean it's probably like a 12 foot by 12 foot area that they fit people in so in the vr landscape it's filled with all these walls and stuff so you can't just shoot at each other and there aren't good sight lines but in reality everyone's really close to each other looking like an idiot and it's hilarious and that's why i don't believe vr is the future of gaming 
Yeah, that yeah, it doesn't really sign something fun. In all oh. fairness, some people like pink on stuff, and that's you know, some people like it. People liked it; they were going back for it. But I think uh, better was the combat deck, which was basically laser tag. They built these bespoke um, assault rifle style uh, guns that like complete with. They come with little sounds. They come with a little shield beeping when your shield gets low and you have to sit and recharge. Um, you have to reload them. If you get shot, you have to go to a corner, point your, your gun at a light, and you respawn after three seconds, complete with the sounds. So I think it was actually a better encapsulation of bringing the Halo experience to uh, the real world. And then... Um, and uh, they had complete with... <laughs> had really hilarious uh introduction videos the the guys running it were actually a lot of fun and they had their own little spiel complete with jokey stuff but they also had little pre-filmed segments outside explaining the do's and don'ts like don't point your laser right in people's eyes and stuff like that my favorite part was they have the the guy who's really trying to channel sergeant johnson uh explaining how there's absolutely no fancy parkour stunts allowed on my combat deck, and I just wonder what, what incident happened that they specifically had to call out no parkour. Uh, I like to think about the, the legal reasons for that. Hmm. Hmm. So then uh, they had, like, a merch area. Um, they had a food court. Apparently they had really good grilled cheese, but... I'm not a sucker. I did not pay for convention food. Um, and then they had uh, the content stage. So that was the main area. So they were doing um, mixer streams. Uh, they would have people from the community come up, play with uh, Uni and Bravo on all the games. Um, burn through them. Get your, your ice unicorn skin for playing. And then they also had... Um, the panels there. So like I said, there was a panel behind the ring experience. There was the Steve Jones and Jen Taylor one. Um, there was the Halo game show, which Dust is running, um, which was, have you ever played Password? Password? All right, so there's a, Dust came with a bunch of games. What they played was Password and Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, I feel, is pretty self-explanatory. It's just Halo-themed clues and he actually had a little um a little wheel you could spin and uh little there were monitors set up so people could see what the answers were and dust could just hit little things to reveal the letters which is a lot of fun and then there was password which the idea is you give them a name or you give them one word it's two teams of two facing off and the other person knows the, one person knows the word the other person doesn't and the person who knows has to give clues that are only one word two so if you had like cortana you could say ai you could say blue you could say etc and that was the the advantage of the game show was mostly that it's it's the fun of screaming at the dumb people on your television except you get to do it in real life um because people were having real issues with it um like i think my favorite was you could tell there were no real lore people up on stage because it was uh kilo was the the word they had to guess and they got 
like some people suggested like oh foxtrot five stuff like that um but like the clues progressively got worse like at one point it became alcohol it became cocaine what which is a kilo of cocaine i I could see where they thought it made sense but because they didn't actually know what they were trying to hit it didn't work out yeah there was also uh (laughs) the the question was spartans and like they'd been dancing around it and then finally one guy says 300 and everyone's like he's gonna get it and the other guy says over shield and there's this like howl of disgust from the audience so it was a lot of fun and then uh they had gaming stations so you could play halo reach on pc spoiler alert it plays like halo reach except on pc i could not get used to the controls but that's because i'm a weird person who likes shooters on controllers um but it looked great that 60 fps and removal of temporal aliasing hey I like I, I like I like controllers and shooters on my PC, man. That's the choice you get. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you'll be able to do that stuff when it comes. Uh, they had a area where if you really just wanted to come and play Halo with a bunch of people in a land setting, you could have done that. Um, especially on Friday when I was over there, it was not busy at all, so you could pretty much have stayed there, camped out, and played Halo if you really wanted to. Uh, There's food nearby. You're set for the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then uh, they finally, they had a center section that was run by the 405th. Um, So they they did a cosplay contest while you're there where the top prize was like, best in show was 2,000 bucks. So, I mean, cosplay is expensive, but that was a nice chunk of change if you could make it back. Um, Wait, wait, wait. uh, They run the the cosplay contest and they give the the winner 2,000 bucks. Isn't it just like one of their guys who wins it all the time because they're really good at stuff? Well, they had a bunch of categories and they basically like gave like they had their finalists or whatever. They prejudged them and then they had the finalists walk across the stage and they interviewed everyone. And I mean, they spread it out. The winner was, unsurprisingly, a Master Chief. But there were some... uh, there were some good ones. Like there was a Master Chief uh, crossed with Captain America crossover, which I quite liked. There was also a a Bioshock Infinite crossed with Halo crossover. So there was the the uh, Elizabeth Cortana uh, and then Booker Chief. Uh, so it was steampunky Halo, which I liked. And then there were like your classic ODSTs and stuff like that. Um. I mean, it all looks great. It looks really uncomfortable. Uh, and in the armory stage, so in the, the 4 or 5th area was the armory stage, and that's where uh, the fan panels basically ran. So on Friday, I was part of uh, Dust's community panel. So it was me, uh, Sal, Halo Fan for Life, um, guys from... Uh, I'm going to blank on it. Silver from... Uh, Halo Completionist, and I'm blanking on the last guy. <laughs> uh, but we did a community panel there. The four or fifth did a couple, like explaining intro to intro to cosplay and making your own armor, which is cool and also terrifyingly intimidating. Um, and then on Saturday we did the the Halo podcasting panel too. Uh, so that had Silver. It had uh, the guys from Podcast Evolved. Uh, hang out with Oren from there. He was really cool. 
and who else am I forgetting? Uh, Drunken Halo was there. Halo Conversationalists, yeah. And so that was a lot of fun too. Downside of the panels was they were by the main content stage, so it was loud. Um, probably the people in the audience could hear because they had the speakers pointed to them, but the panelists could not hear each other very well. Yeah, and the other wow, really? they that's, did is that's bad. They like they did something like on Saturday. The podcast panel was literally the first thing when the show opened for general admission, which means a lots of people are going to be in line outside. And because they gave general admission tickets uh, to the panelists, that meant like they had to like, oh wait, we need to have these people get escorted in early, otherwise they can't set up. Um, and then once people got in, no one's going to want to go to a panel. They're going to want to beat lines to get to attractions. So there were there were some organizational issues there that I hope they work out for Chicago or whatever. Um, but overall, the panels went well. And like I said, Dust basically runs half of these things. So he's putting out a good amount of Outpost content that's not the actual attractions. So he, he deserves major kudos for that. Yeah, fair play. Like if he's, if he's doing that much backbreaking for it like definitely yeah um i'm trying to think of what else there was oh on saturday i'm not sure who made it but someone put a exuberant witness for president uh poster out by the convention center which i quite enjoyed make genesis great again and then uh, i guess one of the highlights was saturday uh hung out with um another potacular guy bobby and dust and his wife and we got to play a game of uh, laser tag with three four three. Uh, our team got crushed. They might they might have the upper hand. I'd say you know. Well, no, it was it was they kind of split us up. So I was on uh, Uni's team uh, with a bunch of other guys. We did. I mean, we didn't do terribly. Uh, but after that, uh, the three four three guys teamed up on one team and went against the uh Hirschend guys, the people actually running the training deck, and they got absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> Which was kind of hilarious. I mean it makes sense because these guys literally just play the combat deck all the time and they've been traveling to all these things. But they were racking up so many kills that they weren't even fitting on the scoreboard anymore. They they pinned him down. At one point, we were recording, and Dust has the footage, so he might do a video of it at some point. Uh, but we were recording in there, and they were using Dust as a human shield while they were walking around. So the the event guys were pros, uh, and they absolutely dominated three four three. But <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, said hi to Frankie. He found his cheesesteaks. Life was good. Hope you didn't. No one actually participated. Teabagging. It doesn't work in real life. Yeah, they. I don't. I believe they specifically. I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure they specifically said no teabagging for the combat deck. Either way, that'd been a terrible idea because it's actually. Well, it's interesting because it is. It. I think one of the reasons they dropped it down to ten v ten was because if you get more people in there, it basically does become a game of spawn camping. Uh. And it's really about trapping people and like collapsing spawns. So in some ways, it's actually perfectly illustrative of of competitive Halo, because uh, you basically just 
cut down their sight lines, stop people from breaking out, and then you can pick them off as soon as they pop their heads out. I'm sure any team trapped in there will have had the bestest time ever. I mean, it would be over quick. I think the, the regular sessions were only like four minutes or something. Um, we were playing a longer one with 343 because them's the perks. But yeah, if you were going to get murdered, it's over faster than a regular Halo game at least. Hope I hope there's like a mercy rule as well, you know? I don't think there was. That was another nice touch though, is that um, each of the each of the guns had a name or a number attached to them. So at the end, there was a post-game carnage report where you could see kills, deaths, and assists um, based on your number. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a nice you touch. Could, uh, it somehow tied into the app and you could get... Uh, actually, I should look. Because I haven't yet deleted the Halo Outpost. Yeah, there were, there were little things. So not only did the scanning thing not work, but the original, uh, the original version of the app had all the the items in the map arranged totally improperly for Philly. Luckily they fixed all that stuff. <laughs> it worked out in the end. As long as it works out. Yeah, like scoring top and certain things got you points and stuff and you can use that for Yeah, you get a sweet wallpaper for your phone or something. Or or a ringtone. <laughs> well that's one of those things is that you couldn't actually link the app with your gamer tag. So they had to kind of like do hockey things after the after the events to if you got awards that are supposed to go to your your avatar or whatever. It's just things to the things that had not been ironed out, and so they had to just cut them. Well, that's 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 the thing that happens. You have to plan for it, and sounds like they did. Yeah, and I mean, I assume Chicago will be slightly better performing etc i think one of the big things they did for philly was i'm pretty sure they actually capped the number of people lower than they originally had because saturday passes sold out so friday and sunday was not crazy saturday was busy but it was not crazy um and that probably helped a whole lot (laughs) and they sent they sent little uh happy surveys afterwards saying hey what did you like? What did you not like? So they're definitely listening, and hopefully we'll get a new and improved version next year that comes to... Is Dublin close enough for you, Danny? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that. I could pop on a train, remember, to Dublin. That's, that's you don't have to cross fast. a body of water. That's too far for you. No, I only have to technically cross uh, an international border. Technically. Technically. So crossing an international border is easier for you than a a body of water. Yes, because it's on the same damn island. (laughs) That's just like... I have friends and family who live in the Maryland side. of So, geography lesson for people. The capital is the United States. Washington, D.C. is specifically between Virginia and Maryland, and there's a river running through it. People on... Yeah, because I see those places pop up in films. Yeah, which which is... Virginia and Maryland related to... Yeah, yeah, near nearby. Which is hilarious if you know about it, because like, my, my, my recent hilarious geography makes no sense in movies thing was in Spider-Man Homecoming. They have people... Peter's class is heading south to dc which means they are going through maryland to get to dc 
but somehow their bus ends up going all the way around the Beltway to Virginia because the pretty bridge entrance into Washington, D.C. is Memorial Bridge on the Virginia side. So they added like an hour to their bus trip. Uh, all right. That's the most <laughs> unrealistic thing about the film. I think it's doing pretty well for itself. No, that's just the, the, the thing I get to be all indignant about because I don't know anything about superhumans with spider strength, but I know basic geography of Washington, D.C. I, I, I thought it was a treat seeing uh, London getting torn <laughs> in the film. You don't see enough UK. Like London's pretty much the only place you could probably do it where you you would recognize it. Maybe. No, it got uh, it got blown up in it got blown up in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, that's, that's, not, but that's the thing, right? You can't imagine anywhere else in the UK. I can't imagine somewhere like like Manchester City <laughs> just getting this blown out of it, or or Hull, or Belfast. Well, that doesn't really need help, but. I think the problem there is that you don't have recognizable tall buildings. If you're going to destroy a city, you need tall buildings. We don't have tall buildings much over here, especially over in the Sea Islands. Like we don't like tall over here. We're very against it. I mean, you guys don't have tall in general. Like when I went to to Frankfurt for our uh, our honeymoon, our Airbnb ghost was a really nice guy guest was the nah, host was a really nice guy but he was at one point ghost <laughs> I was like yeah, you got free ghost yeah i missed out the whole time jesus i pay for my ghost our airbnb host was a really nice guy but he was like at one point telling us about how we had to go see the skyline because the central business district of frankfurt has the nicest skyline of continental europe and like you look out and like this looks like suburban virginia to me like that's great i'm <laughs> i'm here for your thousand year old like castles and churches and stuff not stuff i can find in a 20 minute trip at home but anyhow i hope post discovery that's about it you guys you guys love your tall damn right but you're over in ireland for a bit you remember it being small don't you yeah, I mean, I was it was a layover in Dublin. It wasn't day. I did not really get to experience it. But you can see in your eyes, you looked out. It's like Aaron's tiny. I mean, but it's the thing. It's it's quaint and picturesque and stuff. I don't <laughs> register that it doesn't have that it doesn't have tall buildings because once again, I don't care about the tall buildings because I got plenty of that at home. It's what you're not used to that you're looking for. I think I think Dublin's tiny. It feels very cramped, so it does. Okay, how big is it compared to where you live? Oh, it's massive. Yeah, like I so... live, my, where, where I live is literally a street. <laughs> That's it. It's a street. They build a town around one street. See, that makes it sound like you're in like some little English village that suffers a disproportionate number of like murders that like some Agatha Christie protagonist or something. Oh, that sounds very quaint. Replace murders with sectarian violence <laughs> and drunken lights and you're closer to the punch than you are. It's Northern Ireland. This is oh, it was it was summer. No summer is over here. Parade season. Ah, oh, parade season. You don't know why they're marching, but they're marching. There are always parades going up somewhere, down somewhere. I did see when we were in uh, when we were in Dublin. There was some like I assume it was like a unification march because it was in Dublin. But they were walking from yeah. some memorial, and they had their bagpipes and everything. Oh, they would do proper marches up here in Northern Ireland. We do proper marches, proper 
proper sectarian marches. Don't even know why they're marching, but they're marching somewhere. Someone's offended. Someone's protesting. There's police. There's riot gear. Like we do it proper. <laughs> oh, I watched. Uh, they had on uh, Netflix. They have Dairy Girls, which takes place early nineties. Oh, what do you think of that? That's so nostalgic. That show is so nostalgic. That's my hometown. Or when I grew up, when I grew up. So it's actually relatively accurate, you're saying? 100% spot on. <laughs> it, uh, it shouldn't be as accurate as it is. So, yeah, it's really good. Really well written, too, I thought. I haven't seen all of it yet, but no, that's, that's some good <laughs> so it is. It's split the time, by the way. Half the people here think it's utter, utter and the other half think it's the most spot on thing ever. So, you know, you know it's doing something right when you get split down the middle, you know? Well, is it the. The one side that says London Dairy and the other side that just says Dairy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. Let's not get into that. Like that's. <laughs> I was re- that I was recently. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a wonderful. If people have not checked, there's a wonderful uh, page uh, which you can get to by typing WP colon lame into the Wikipedia search box, and it leads to Wikipedia's wonderful article about the lamest edit wars on Wikipedia, and. <laughs> A frightening number of the first entries are perhaps understandably all about nationalistic stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's like questions of like whether lists should be Hungarian or like whatever. Lots of Eastern European stuff, understandably. But there's also an entry for uh, London Dairy, which I think the end result was it's categorized as londonderry but there's like some specific nomenclature they use every time they mention londonderry that it's it's called dairy everywhere else weird stuff like that like there's a big fight about whether yogurt is spelled with an h or not it's it's great wikipedia stuff. well no the town's officially called londonderry but the council changed their name to the no, dairy city council so <laughs> basically it's 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 divide if you come from one community you call it uh, dairy of Miller community called London Dairy, and it's very, very split. Basically, it's very, very identifiable. But the thing is, what's really funny is that in the BBC, they always try to appease both sides. So they got they have a call it Dairy Stroke London Dairy, and every time they were talking about it, it was always Dairy Stroke London Dairy. And one of the uh, radio presenters, local radio presenters, suggested, "Why not just call it Stroke City? <laughs> because it's always Dairy Stroke London Dairy." You know what I mean? It was such a who gives a shit, you know what I mean? Call it whatever you're comfortable with, you know what I mean? Like, but there's some people who are very, very up in arms about it. Honestly, it's it, it motivates people to be ignorant and angry. You know what I mean? It's like you're not going to upset anyone. Call it what you want. We all know what you're talking about anyway. You know. But no, it it does tie into some of the some of the silly stuff that people get into. The the tribalism that's kind of beset around here. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> This Happy time! My God. Hour. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Dairy Girls is a goofy show. Like it's, it's fantastic. So it is. It's stupid. It's over the top, and uh, it gives you a good taste for what local life's around here back then. This has been Remember When with Danny. Well, it's a good thing. I think we uh, we covered all the outpost discovery stuff though. Yeah, I mean it was. So it was fun. It was great seeing. I mean, I hadn't seen Dust since PAX 2014, and I had not. I, I had met Halo Fan for Life there too, but I had not met any of the other guys. Uh, I would like to meet you, all of you someday. One you know. day. Do the old handshake, buy a drink. 
of water or whatever. <laughs> Sign the napkin. Um, Sign the napkin. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it goes uh, even better at Chicago, and hopefully for the people who didn't get it this year, they'll expand it internationally. I mean, I also hope so. Yeah, it's at least. Uh, I, I mean, there's the UK and, and Mexico, and those those seem like obvious, obvious places if you're going to go international with it. Those are the yeah, other places it, Halo fans are. It sounds like a really a really fun thing to go see, but I don't think it'd be worth the big trip to go see us. You know what I mean? If it's if it's nearby, you know, we, there's no excuse not to if you're a Halo fan by the signs of it. But whether or not it's worth taking a, a trip international. Uh, I don't think you've made it sound like it would be. I mean, it, you know, realistically, I think, especially if you went on like a Friday, you could get everything done in a day. You do not. I don't think they ultimately justified a full three day experience. Mm, um, yeah. Unless you were really interested in like getting all the autographs and like if you were bought a VIP ticket, you got to to hang out with the VIP lounge. So you got to hang out with three, four, three people and stuff like that. Um but yeah, I don't I don't think I think if they're going to do it next year they have to come up with I think like Dust has shown, hey, put a lot more community stuff in it. That's quote unquote free content for you and it also engages the fan base but also just more things. More things next or year the lines. people might be more motivated as well, maybe you think. Yeah, and I mean it this definitely seems year, like yeah. they're interested in doing it again. Um this was the first time uh, the events company had ever done something like this. I think their their main thing is that they do the Harlem Globetrotters. So this was definitely a different wheelhouse, and so everyone was learning. But I'm I'm hopeful. We'll see, because this definitely it, this has the potential to be the spiritual successor to Halo Fest, which I know a lot of people were missing. Um, well, if if, if 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 it all depends on the feedback, it all depends on what the people think going into it. You know what I mean? So if it's if it's improving as they go along, that's only a good thing. Uh, and uh, so that wraps up this episode. We're going to have a, a companion episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dust recorded the podcasting panel. So we'll release that as a standalone episode. And from the fact that we sound like we're underwater, you will get a sense of how loud it was uh, because he had to cut so much out of our voices to get it not a crazy loud thing. And I think you can still hear... Like uh, maybe it's the community panel, maybe it's the uh, the podcasting one, but I think you can just hear the honking of people playing like Husky Raid or something on the content stage, just honking their warthogs the entire time. <laughs> it was loud. It, it was adds, fun, it adds, loud. Uh, it adds color to it. Sure. Yeah, color. It makes you feel like <laughs> it were there. Uh, and then uh, we got some more stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, we'll you can catch uh links and stuff that we talked to in this uh, show notes will be at forwardedon.com slash fudcast30 uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play and Stitcher uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time mm-hmm.